for the earlier service, you'll need to get the tape because the, the formula for that you need is there. Um, it's amazing when Pastor Edmonds came to us and invited us to come be here and then later during our 40 days in the upper room when he said, well, why don't both of you come? Uh, it's kind of, you know, me and my wife have, and as many people said, y'all the tag team and do some stuff together, but it's just difficult. It's difficult. And so I said, well, you do the morning and I'll do the afternoon, and that was it. And you're going to see how the Holy Spirit meshed the two together when I get into the word today. I want to say to Glenville uh, that uh, truly I believe, I believe that we are one church in seven locations. That's my belief. That's my belief. I was talking to someone and they were telling me all of the things about, and I'm not hating on anybody, but all the things about the word church and all that. I said, well, we know we, we got, we got, we got an East campus and a, we got a campus in Akron, a campus in Canton, a campus in, uh, we, you know, you, you just talking about stuff here in, in Metro Clean. We got hospitals in California. We got colleges and universities. Uh, they ain't got nothing on us. Well, don't come up to me. I ain't got to be ashamed of what I got around here. One church and a worldwide church, but here in Cleveland, seven locations. I just want to, we're yoking with you. Uh, my daughter is uh, working with our youth now that she's here and we're yoking up with Brother Coaxum. And we, our plan is, we understand you all have Friday youth services twice a month. And our plan is to begin having Saturday youth service on the alternate weeks so that each weekend there'll be something for our young people. So we're yoking together. I, I want to praise God for your pastor, Pastor Co Pastor. Edmonds and Pastor Coaxum uh, are just two wonderful men of God and powerful men of God. And we're here to just do what we can to aid in strengthening this part of our family. Amen. Amen. And so it was without hesitation that I was willing and able to come across town to be with you on this Sabbath day. Um, just very quickly, and just give a couple of scriptures, if you will, for a springboard of what we're going to talk about. They're familiar scriptures. The first one comes from the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis, the first chapter, beginning with verse 26. Genesis, uh, the first chapter, beginning with verse 26. And, and, and there the Bible says, I'm just going to read the A portion of that text, and it says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Verse 27 says this, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male, and female created he them. 
28, and God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Verse 31 says, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was what? No, no, no. It was what? Very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now go over to chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse verse 18. Now God has said he's created man, and in man he's created everything, he and thee. And then in verse 18 of chapter 2, he said everything was good. And then God says, and the Lord God said, it is not good good he just said everything was very good but now here he says it's not good that man should be alone I will make him and help me for him (laughs) Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter 5, I believe it is. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And let's look. Well, let me see if I can find it. I don't want to get in that, that text. I, that's a, I have to, here you go, here you go. Uh. Verse 28, verse 28, verse 28. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Hmm. For the next few moments, I would like for us to consider the subject, get your own self together. Get yourself together. Father, hide me behind the cross. Lord, you have preached to me. You have whipped me. You have challenged me. The devil would have me not to preach what I'm going to preach because I'm not living all that I'm to say. But Lord, somebody here needs to be whipped like I was whipped. Somebody here needs to be challenged. And my prayer is like my wife's prayer was earlier. That we will just say yes, Lord, to your word. Now, Lord, it's not me speaking. For I have died. And it is you. So bless your word in Jesus name. Amen. Like never before.
in the history of America, our families are under attack. The word attack means to affect in a harmful way, using vigorous or violent force. You and I are children, and our children are the products of our homes. We often fear communism and terrorism, crime, or a major disease, and yet we are complacent when it comes to our families. How's your family this morning? Is it strong? Is it vibrant? Is it standing in good relationships with love? Or is it filled with anger, yelling and crying and, 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 and desperation, if you will? Today, today, families are under attack like never before. It's a, and it's time to reclaim our homes for Christ. I, I, I salute your pastor I, I, uh, for yearly taking this 40 for family and, 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 and showing the importance of family. In a day and age when the divorce rate in the church is equal to and sometimes greater than the divorce rate out of the church, the question must be asked, what's wrong? Well, the Christians, as Christians, we have three enemies. The Bible speaks about the world system, our old fleshy nature, and Satan himself. You need to understand that Satan is out to destroy you, your children, your home. And God tells us in the very uh, familiar scripture of Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You think it's your husband. You think it's your wife. You think it's your children. You think it's your parents. You think it's your uncle. But it is not against flesh and blood. The war is against the rulers and the authorities, against the powers of dark, the world, and against the spiritual forces of evil. Families falling apart is not new. <laughs> Satan uh, uh, attacks the home and the family way back in the Garden of Eden. You remember what he did with Cain and Abel. And Satan has not changed his strategy. He's a liar. From the beginning, and he's still a liar today. A deceiver who abides not in the truth. His goal has always been to divide and conquer. 
today, if you will, if we just want to look at the foundation, if we're going to have good families, if we're going to have good relationships, then the foundation must be strong. A solid foundation is important to the longevity of any good relationship. And when I think about the foundation of family and relationships, my mind goes back to the beginning. Now watch this, watch this. You may want to write it down if you take notes. You may want to write this one down. Uh, 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 singleness is the most important state of human development. Singleness is the most important state of human development. Singleness is the foundation for God's design of human relationship. God began, began the family with one single human being. People have said, people have said that the foundations of society is the family. That's not true. That is not what God started with. <laughs> Some have said that the foundation of society is marriage. Still not true. That's not what God started with. Uh, today there are 6.7 or more billion people on earth and God only made one man from the soil. God built the whole world 6.7 billion with one man on the bottom. And when we are building something the most important Thing is the foundation. Every building is only as strong as its foundation. God built the family, the human family on one. He said, let us make man. Now when he made man, he made him with three. One man with three parts, body, soul, and spirit in our image and our likeness. God is one uh, uh, one God with three manifestations, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he made Adam in his likeness, image after his kind. Uh, he made one man out of the dust of the earth and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul, male and female created he them and called him Adam. God created the first man without a woman. All the instructions were given not to a couple. They were given to Adam. God created one human being and put that one human being in the garden. And he told that human being in Genesis 2.15 to take care of it, to dress it, and, and, and to do it. And Adam named the animals, and he told that one person to have responsibility for the planet when that one person first got all of the instructions 
and directives from God. And after God had made man, gave man a home, gave man purpose, gave man a job, then he said, I just said something. Then he said, it's not good for man <laughs> for this one person to be alone. All of the directions and all of the directives were given to one person. That means, hear what I'm about to say, that means when you meet a person and they are interested in you and you in them, stop talking about love. You've been talking about love. What you need to find out is, have they gotten the instructions? You want to know if they love you. You need to know have they gotten the instructions from God. I would like to suggest, I would like to suggest, Pastor Davis, uh, uh, that, that, that Eden represents presence. Moment. Eden represents not so much a place, but an environment. An atmosphere. Eden represents the presence of God. And the first place that God put the created being was not in the presence of a woman. Now watch this, watch this. God fashions Adam. Then he, I imagine he takes his hands and places them under Adam. Lifts Adam up. And do you see the close proximity of God and Adam? And he breathes into Adam the breath of life. And I can imagine Adam then wakes up and the first thing that he sees is that he is in the presence. The first thing that you need to ask any man, woman, boy, or girl is not if they love, but do, not if they love your presence, but do they love being in the presence of God? Hear what I'm saying, young ladies? If you meet a man who's ashamed to lift up holy hands and give praise to God, You've got the wrong one, baby. If, you, if a man doesn't like the presence of God, then he don't like your presence. If a woman don't like to worship, then you got a bad woman. A woman gone wild. 
And if you are going to have a successful marriage or engage in a successful relationship with other human beings, then you've got to get yourself together first. See, because self is at the base of all relationships. You cannot have a relationship without you. In fact, in fact, in fact, the part that I have the most control of in any relationship is me. And I've discovered that not only do I have to find a way to get along with you in order to have a relationship, but I have to find a way to get along with myself. If I can't get along with me, then I can't get along with you. And the problem is, the problem is that I have been, that I've been having is that I am blaming everybody else for what's wrong with me. It all starts with me. Relationship with others works much better when we can get along with ourselves. Write this down. Write this down. The key to all inter-I-N-T-E-R personal relationships is the quality of your intra-R-I-N-T-R-A personal relationships. Getting along with yourself is more important than getting along with me. The greatest commandment is to love God and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you don't like you, you cannot love me. (laughs) See, the most important person, and I ain't talking about arrogance, I ain't talking about, I'm not talking about fleshy stuff, but the most important person you want to fall in love with is yourself. (laughs) If you fall in love with you, and you are the most important person to you, if you are valuable to you, if you are special to you, then when you give yourself to someone else, you have given them something of value. But if you don't like you, if you don't want you, and you have given you to me that even you don't want, then why you get mad when I don't want you? You didn't want you. You got to get yourself together.
See, God didn't begin with a couple. God didn't begin with a family. God began with one. And he made Adam in his likeness, in his image, after his kind. Male and female created he them and called him Adam. God created, I'll say it again, the first man without a woman. God has within his composite everything he needs and no one has to help him create because he's all sufficient. That means for every X he had a Y within himself. And he blew into his nostrils. And Adam stood up and his first job was to name the animal. And then the process of naming, Adam was made aware that each animal had a mate that was suited for it. But he didn't see anyone that looked like him. He looks at God and he says, I am like you. I am one. And for the first time in all of eternity, we hear God say something that he did was not good. God says it is not good for man to be alone. Now watch this. It is not good for man to be all one. Adam, I made you too much like me. Now lay down, Adam. So I can fix it. So he lays Adam's down. And he reaches down into Adam. Because Adam was so much like God that everything he needed was inside of him. Now watch this. Let me say, remember, God gave Adam a job. and Adam didn't even realize that he needed a woman. Adam didn't say, uh, uh, I'm 40 years old and the clock is ticking and, and I need a woman. Lord, what's going on? Adam was so busy walking in his purpose, being in the presence of God, praising the Lord. He got so good with God and doing what God had told him to do that he didn't even realize he didn't have a woman. He said he was so happy with himself. He had himself so together that God had to say, wait a minute, Adam. It ain't good. God had to tell him he wasn't supposed to be by himself. I hope I'm helping somebody. Now, 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 here's the question I ask myself. Whitehead, Whitehead. How could Adam be alone if God was there? And if the animals are there and he's alone, 
then what does it mean to be alone? There's something I want to, I want to stick to my notes because I, God is a spirit and him that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Uh, now, I'm just going to say it and I'm going to keep moving. I ain't going to dwell on it. Uh, you got to feel good about yourself and you got to value yourself. But And you can tell me all you want to tell me about you got your little dog and he crawls up in your bed at night with you. But you'll still, your dog will leave you frustrated. Adam had dogs. Adam had lions. Adam had tigers and bears. You can tell me all you want that God is your husband. God is my wife. That's a lie. That's why once once God said it ain't good for him to be because I ain't supposed to get with the dog. I ain't supposed to get with the cat. What God says is not good for Adam. Watch this. It's not good for Adam to be all one. I will make him a help me. From the Hebrew, we have found uh, someone suitable for Adam. Suitability in relationships. Watch this. Write this one down. Suitability in relationships eliminates loneliness. Suitability, someone suitable for him, help me. You can have bodies all around you and still be lonely if the bodies aren't suitable for you. Have, having somebody with you does not mean you are not lonely. Now watch this. Adam was not alone because he was abandoned or rejected. Adam was alone because he was special. See, Adam had it going on. Adam had a home. Adam had a job. Adam had purpose. Adam was a worshiper. I just said something, ladies. Before man got here, God provided everything man needed. The only thing that man did not have was the woman. And by the time the woman got there, she had everything. God provided for the man so the man could provide for the woman. When the woman got there, everything was already there because God provided for the man and then brought the woman 
into his life. Now when God bypasses the man and provides for you, ladies, then you need to be careful of the man you choose. Because that's not the divine order that God set up. And so you got to make sure, you got to make sure that man got it together because he won't be able to handle it and he will take advantage. The Bible says in Genesis 2.20 that, and found not a help meet for him. Now, ladies, ladies, I, I, I done gave you some hints on men, but uh, I got something for you. Ladies, I got a question for you. Uh, the Bible says that God created Eve to be a help meet. So the question that I have, in your present condition, who can you help? Listen, listen, if your worth... If your worth is based on your consecration, your credit, and your cooking, who can you help? Adam had it all. Could you help me? God says, look at them because you got it together. I'm going to give you a gift. Now watch this, watch this. You may want to write this down. God is the only one I know that gives gifts that will rival him. It started with Lucifer. God gave Lucifer the gift of personal beauty. And, 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 and one day, Lucifer got full of himself and saw himself and forgot about God. God creates Eve and gives her to Adam. Adam's mind is so blown by her beauty. That, 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 that the gift begins to rival the relationship between Adam and the giver of the gift, God. I mean, God, Joe, will bless you so good that you will run behind the gift and ignore and forget about the giver of the gift. Listen, you were asleep when I made her. You were not even a thought when God made him. Which means if you hang out with God, if you stay with God, he will bless you real good. <laughs> yes, he will. Watch this, watch this. You got to learn how to stay with the giver even if the gift goes crazy. 
the gift cannot give you God, but every good and perfect gift comes from God. So here, see, see, your choice, hear what I'm about to say, your choice and what you choose in life can put your relationship with God in jeopardy. So I have a question. Do your choices please God? I mean, that's why we got to get ourselves together. Because if I'm not careful, I will run off from God with the gift that he's given me. Or even worse, I'll try to select a gift that God did not give me. Will the choice that you make, will the choice that pleases me, please God? That's the question that you got to ask yourself. If God is pleased with my choice, then God becomes responsible for taking care of me. If God is pleased with your choice, then God will be responsible for taking care of you. Because what pleases God is faith. Some of us are having so many problems taking care of what we have chosen because the choice didn't please God. When you choose, when you choose what God didn't want you to have, you ultimately choose not to have God. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here. You too, you too. Come here, my brother. Sister Let me show you this. Fred, come here. I'm going to give you the honors of playing this part. Step in front. Fred is God. Turn around. Adam, Eve, all right, take three steps. Wherever God led, Adam followed, Eve was there. I stopped. God provided, made it available to Adam. Adam, naturally, Eve was received it. What happened was Eve made a decision not to follow Adam. Adam loved the gift more than the giver so much that he started following Eve. And God don't follow nobody. So when you choose to follow the gift more than the giver, then you choose to be outside of his leading. Leaving God means you, you've got to do it by yourself. Leaving God means that you really don't have anyone to consult with. 
So you call your girlfriend to get advice about how to handle your relationship when she ain't got a man. And what ends up happening is, well, I ain't got a man. He don't sound that bad. Oh, you put it together. <laughs> he, he, what he said, what she's saying about him, I can deal with. That's better than being by myself. Now, it ain't the choice for neither one of y'all for God. That's why you got to get yourself together. So the question must be, how do I get to know myself? Let me, let me watch this. Man, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. This is, the, this, is, this is the hard one. This is the hard one. This is, <clears throat> Hurst. This is me. This is me talking, God talking to me. Remember what I said? I said he, everything that Adam needed was inside of him. Fellas, all the men stand up. Stand up with me. Stand up, men. Everything that your woman needs is in you. So whatever, whatever, at least, at least, at least, at least, 60% of any problems that you have going on at home or in your relationship with a female is our fault. Is our re- watch this. Is our responsibility to correct. That's the correct word. Because everything that the woman needs is in man. Because she came out of us. Huh? That's, that's, that's a hard one to swallow. I'm still chewing on it. I'm still chewing on it. Now don't resist it and fight it. Surrender it and ask God to, tell, to help you swallow it. And then put it in action the best way you know how with God's help. Amen? Sit down, men. See, if you're going to get yourself together, you've got to get to know yourself like God knows you. Because God knows us better than even ourselves. Psalms 139 verses 1 through 4 says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me you know when I sit and you know when I rise you perceive my thoughts from afar off 
you discern my going out and my lying down. Now, here's the one. Here's the part that just, you are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is even on my tongue, you know it completely. If you are going to be successful in your relationships, you need to discover what God says or who God says you are. And as you do so, you might, see, we really are scared of that because there may be some stuff we got to deal with. We might have to deal with some stuff in our past. We might have to deal with some stuff in our closets. You'll have to take some time to pray through some of the memories. You have to give God permission to chisel off some of the hurts and the pains. But I'm here to tell you God will help you. As you get to know yourself, God, like God knows you, you will start to look forward to your future. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11 is often quoted and sometimes overused. But it's so often quoted and overused because it's so good. <laughs> for I know the plans that I have for you. Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a good future. That's good stuff, brothers and sisters. God has great plans in store for each and every one of us. You are special. And God has a special gift for every one of us. Notice what verse 12 says of Jeremiah 29. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You can only get in on God's great plan for you when you seek him with all of your heart. You've got to get to know God like no one else. You've got to get to know yourself like God knows you. And then give yourself 
completely over to God. My wife gave the points that you need to follow, so you need to get that tape or get the notes from someone who was here. But the devil is holding us back. We've got to get ourselves together so that we can be and be in good and healthy relationships. Everywhere you go, you go. <laughs> you can start playing. I'm, I'm really done. I, 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 I know there was supposed to be a hoop at the end, but I'm done. There is.